Hello and welcome to this IBR Business Profile, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 44th edition of our program, which aired during Halloween weekend 2020, we introduced you to John Michelson, founder and managing partner of Midwest Growth Partners. Sometimes a good business idea needs a financial partner. Sometimes an existing business needs help in taking the operation to the next level. And sometimes a business needs new ideas and new funding in order to be reborn. Midwest Growth Partners has worked with businesses like those and many others and holds a unique place in the Iowa market. Midwest Growth Partners is a private equity fund, which uh, in Iowa is not, a, is not something that you run into quite often, but we actually wear that as a point of pride. We raise capital from outside investors, primarily those that are involved in food and agriculture, uh, the farm credit system, families that have started and, and had successful businesses. And then we use that capital to purchase parts of or all of businesses, primarily again in food and agriculture and manufacturing. Typically, those are succession planning scenarios where you have a business owner or owners that is seeking to uh, retire or to move on with life, or uh, it's a a capital raise scenario where a business um, is seeking out capital because they want to grow. So maybe they want to purchase a competitor, or maybe they want to add on to their facility, or maybe they want to start a new product line. So that's usually where we get involved where sort of traditional bank lending stops um, and we can step in and become a a value-added equity partner. You mentioned that this is not something we hear about a lot in the state of Iowa. So why is that? And if that's the case, why does it work for you folks? The large uh, metropolitan areas, the large money centers like New York and Chicago, that's typically where you would find most equity funds. And they do a great job. And there's a lot of great people that that work in those funds and work in the industry. Um, but we're just a little bit different. We are native Iowans, the, the partners of the fund. We know that there's a lot of great little businesses spread throughout the rural areas, uh, particularly of the Midwest. So those are really our targets. And so there's great groups that can can effectuate transactions in larger communities. And, and we're specifically set up to, to help uh, effectuate transactions in smaller communities. And so that's that's sort of who we are and we embrace it and we're very proud of it. How did it come about? In 2013 was the year that we were founded. Um, I've worked in finance my whole career, and and my partners have been around the M&A landscape their entire careers. And uh, we both kept running into situations where there was a retiring business owner. Right now, you might be familiar with the silver tsunami, they call it. So there are uh, 10,000 people a day turning 65 in the U.S., So inevitably, some of them uh, own nice little businesses in the Midwest. And so we were constantly running into that uh, in our former careers and just realized that there's not a pool of institutional capital that's set up to help with that. And so we we saw a need and uh, fortunately, we were able to convince some investors that that was a good idea as well. And uh, that was the, the impetus for the fund getting started. So how is it that you're able to acquire or invest in a business? Do people seek you out? Is it the kind of thing where you hear about something and then make an overture? I imagine there are a variety of ways, but how does this typically work? Yeah, so this year we'll look at uh, about 450 opportunities and we'll do three or four. So it's a 
it's a big funnel, uh, so we get to see a lot. But to answer your question, about 60% of that 450 comes from individual or groups that we call investment bankers in our industry. And so their job is to go out and find capital on behalf of their client. So a business owner might decide that they want to retire in 2021. And so they will hire an investment banker to go out and and sell their business. And so that's where about 60% of our opportunities come from. The other 40% uh, we're really proud of. We consider those just proprietary in nature. Back to the, uh, you know, why are we in Iowa type thing? Uh, because we're somewhat novel, we do get looks at opportunities that you know funds in Chicago probably don't, just because we are sort of the local group. And so particularly in the early days of the fund, we spent a tremendous amount of time driving around and talking to pretty much anyone that would talk to us. So that might be economic developers, it might be chamber people, it might be municipality employees in small towns, and just telling our story, telling them this is what we look for, we've got capital. Once they got over the fact that uh, we weren't an evil private equity guy, like tends to be the uh, the stereotype, then inevitably a lot of them would say, oh yeah, you know, my, my brother-in-law owns a nice little business and he's in, uh, he's in Jewel, Iowa, you should call him. You know, that just sort of manifested itself into sort of a snowball effect that we continue to, to benefit from today. Now, obviously for you to invest, you're expecting to get a positive return on that investment. So differentiate for me why someone who either has a business or is looking to expand, why they would seek you out as a partner as opposed to going through, and you alluded to it earlier, but as opposed to going through a more traditional, shall we say, lending scheme. And obviously debt today is incredibly cheap. By all means, we encourage them to, to pursue those avenues first. But debt is a secured uh, instrument. It's, it's uh, intentionally uh, limited um, because of its risk characteristics and its return characteristics. And so it's intentionally a, a, a low risk, low return mechanism. And so in, in almost all cases, you know, we're not secured by any assets. We're not secured by anything that would um, sort of give us a backstop if things happen to the business and things do happen to the business every day. And so uh, it's just a different asset class. And so many times a bank will say, hey, business owner, you know, we're willing to give you this much for this project and we think it's a great idea, but you need to go out and find capital for whatever the excess amount is above that amount. And so that's usually where we get involved. So then does that earn you a stake, an ownership interest? Do you float it as uh, financing like a loan, or how does that typically work? We typically lead with equity. Um, we can do subordinated debt like you're talking about, but yeah, more often than not, we're, we're partners, and so it's sort of like a marriage. Uh, it's a lot like a marriage, and so we, we get involved with them as in a partnership. If the situation calls for subordinated debt, we can do that as well. And I don't mean to be flip about this, so don't take offense, but I'm imagining Shark Tank for some reason where these individuals get together with you as an investor. You look to see, does this make sense? And if so, what's my risk? What's my return? And it becomes a partnership. Is that too simplistic? No, it's a great analogy. And it's a, it's a much better analogy. Uh, people used to say pretty woman, which, which is not a good analogy. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll use Shark Tank. And so um, where we would differentiate than them, um, we're investing in established companies that are profitable and they've been around a long time and they've got systems and people and infrastructure and employees and history and, and all those things. And so Shark Tank, those companies are new, they're startups. And so different stage of where they're at from a life stage standpoint. 
and obviously that's made for TV. So it's a little bit of an entertainment theme, but those decisions are made within minutes. A process for us can literally take over a year where we're doing diligence and we're becoming comfortable with the management team and we're developing trust with our partners. And so it's a much longer courting process, but it does have many of the same elements for sure. So it is a good analogy. You mentioned a moment ago what you're looking for. Established companies, they've got their systems in place, perhaps ripe for an expansion, et cetera. Are there some examples that you're able to share? I don't know how public this kind of a business is. Are there some examples of businesses that you have helped along in this partnership? Yeah, for sure. So all of our investments are on our website. Probably the the better known ones, Maytag Dairy Farms, which is the maker of the world famous blue cheese We purchased that from the Maytag family in in 2019. Two of them remain on our board and remain very good friends with us. They're they're very supportive. But they were in a situation where there were 11 family members, 11 members of the Maytag family. None of them lived in Iowa. They had long since sold the appliance business. And so their ties back to Newton had decreased over time. And as a result of that, they had not reinvested in the business like they would tell you that they should have. So we purchased that business from them a little over a year and a half ago, and and we're putting people and and systems and processes in there. Actually, this week, we just rolled out the first new blue cheese product in 78 years from from the company. And so uh, hired a new CEO, a new salesperson, put in an ERP system, put in a CRM system. The company is now SQF certified, which is the the highest food safety certification that you can possibly get from a third party. And so um, we're doing everything we can to breathe life back into that company and the, and the community and the employees there. The Maytag family, um, they wanted to find a home for that business that would take care of the brand and take care of the employees and stuff. And so they obviously they were incentivized by getting as much money as they could, but more importantly, they wanted it to be a good fit. And so we were uniquely situated for that. And uh, we've been good stewards uh, of the company and our goal is to to leave the company better than, than what we found it someday down the road. That sounds, from what you've been telling me today, that sounds like the absolute prototypical Midwest Growth Partners project, something that perhaps has been neglected, that you get the chance to restore to past glory. That's got to be pretty gratifying as an Iowa guy. It, it definitely is. And, and obviously that one is, is unique because that, that's such a recognizable name. But yeah, I mean, th- there are businesses that we invest in as well that certainly don't need as much work, but um, it's good to have a, a balance of each. And uh, many of our businesses, no one's ever heard of, and they're super successful and, and have great people that work there and, and just, you know, are, are world-class at making whatever product they're making. And you drive by it, or you maybe you bike by it, or you see it every day, and you you never even stop to think what's going on in that, in that building. And uh, there's great, great things being done in a lot of buildings like that across the state. Now, do you ever get out of some of these businesses, either because you have accomplished your mission of taking it to the next level or because, I suppose, hopefully not very often, it's just not panning out? Yeah, we do. So we're not forever owners, um, and we tell people that right up front. And so the goal really is for us is to find a business, get in there, uh, professionalize it like we just talked about, grow it, and then have the next person come in and, and work on on you know whatever their vision is for the business. And so sometimes that can be a sale to the employees. Sometimes it can be a sale to, to someone else in the space. And so, yeah, so we're not forever owners. We're typically five to seven year uh, owners. And it typically takes about that long to, to do all the things that we just talked about and, and to, to make a difference. And the goal is always to leave them better than what we found them. 
have others, since you've had this seven years or thereabouts of experience, have other similar funds sprung up? In other words, has your model been successful enough that others are now stepping in to add to this element of the economy? There's certainly a lot of other funds um, in the U.S. for sure. Um, and, and you have seen a couple other funds pop up, not in Iowa, but in other kind of Rust Belt states uh, that target our area of the country. So I think there's a few in, in Ohio. Within Iowa, there's, there's a couple groups that are, are really good that are focused on sort of earlier stage investments. And then there's a couple other pockets of capital that, that don't have uh, necessarily the same setup that we do, but might look at similar deals than, than we do. But I would say there's still ample opportunity. So there's plenty of room for more competitors, not that we're inviting more competitors, but it, it's not a cutthroat competitive environment by any means. You obviously aren't inviting competitors, but there is a limit financially to what you can do. And if the idea is to grow the state and grow the Midwest, there's room for others. Yeah, absolutely. We're always happy to talk to potential fund managers. Uh, We're part of a a program called the Rural Business Investment Company Program, which is part of the uh, program that the USDA has. And uh, we always go out of our way to try to help new managers that are looking at that program because we do think there's there's plenty of, of, of opportunities. John Michelson, founder and managing partner of Midwest Growth Partners. Learn more about their process and their investments by going to their website, mgpfund.com. We spoke via Zoom on October 27, 2020. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report, radio program and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.